Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who could do that too. If they had those tools, Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right. It is episode. I love that one. Isn't that a yeah. good one? <laughs> uh, it's episode 425 for February 5th, 2018. On today's show, we're talking about grain tear out, bandsaw upgrades, why do they like gray, and how can we stop it? Woodworking stuff in Europe and what lathe setup to start with. Now, today's show is sponsored by our friends over at Brusso Hardware. Brusso is the premier manufacturer of American made brass and stainless steel hardware, with customers using these products for a variety of things, uh, ranging from boxes, furniture, and cabinetry. Brusso has the perfect item to complement your next project. Sign up for their newsletter to keep up to date on sales, announcements, customer submitted photos, and more. To see their line of hardware, be sure to visit their website at brusso.com. Com. And check this out, guys. Coupon code time. What? Oh, boy. Right? Yay. I'm telling you, 10% off your order. Use the code WOODTALK at checkout. Uh, you know, I actually just used their hardware on that jewelry box, and holy smokes, it was awesome. I'll tell you what. <laughs> those 95-degree stop hinges, the butt hinges, are fantastic. Like, you don't need any other hardware. You just install the butt hinges, and the thing stops where it's supposed to stop, and it's 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 a glorious thing that they've created. So go check them out. Brusso.com. Great people. Great uh, products made in USA. It's pretty awesome stuff. Uh, we'd also like to thank a few individuals who helped us out. We have uh, Mark M- Manula, Blings and Things, uh, our good buddy Tom Buell. <laughs> What's so funny about that? That's a perfectly legitimate name. Blings and things. Blings and things. All right. <laughs> I like it. That sounds good to I me. I mean, I don't dislike it. I do like it. It's just kind of funny. Just, I was expecting <laughs> you to read like, you know, names. Blings and things. I guess some people use their like, it's from PayPal. So some people have their business names <laughs> attached. It's even better that that's a business. So, uh, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Jay Abra- Abramovitz. And then a few folks who helped us out over on Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash woodtalk. Chris Hyde, or Heed, uh, Nathan Lent Wes, Joshua Seiler, Jose Velasquez, Velasquez, and John Kodowski. 
So thank you so much, folks, for helping us out. And if you want to do that, too, just head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash woodtalk, and we will make you famous by reading your name at the top of the show. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll make fun of your business name while we're at it. You're famous now. Yeah. Enjoy Go that. Go check out Blings and Things. <laughs> Blings, Blings and Things. things. <laughs> it's a place I'd like but, to shop. Seriously, that does sound like a nice little boutique store. I need to Google this now. Main Street, USA, somewhere. Yeah, let us know what you find. All right, so aside from that stuff, let's get to what's on the bench. Uh, I'll go first here. So I've been taking a lot of photos, trying to get good at the whole still photography thing. It's really, uh, it's it's a lot harder, the video. Like, there's just a lot more to play with and a lot more variability. And I I think it's a lot less forgiving, you know, because in a, in a video, things are just moving and you got sound, and you got action and, <laughs> and you can learn something and, and you can kind of, you can get caught up in the dialogue of it uh, and sort of the drama of it. But when you look at a picture, it's like, that's it. And you either get it or you don't get it. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's a, it's a whole different ball game, but I'm trying to learn, trying to do my best with the photos, but I am taking these pictures for the upcoming book. And uh, I'm still looking forward to that kick in the nuts from you guys next time I see you too. Have, have we been told, like, what's the title of this book? What's the, or is that all just top secret at this point? Uh, it's not that it's top secret. It's that we haven't decided on a final title yet. <laughs> We're still figuring that out. Yeah, is I mean, basically. Topic? Can you share a topic? Yeah, yeah. You can count on it involving something like essential joinery. So that's so it's a joinery like, book. Yeah, it's, it is a joinery book. Essential for <laughs> success and being a good person. <laughs> Cut these joints for self for inner peace. Yeah, for That's self-worth. and Inner uh, peace through joinery. That's <laughs> there it. Go. There's your title right there. Right. Actually, that's so, our show title right there. So that is the topic, but I, there, too much. there's too much that needs to be planned from here, so we haven't finalized an actual title or pre-order dates or anything like that, but uh, it's well, definitely keeping Let me busy. just ask this. Do you get, do you, like, rescue the princess at the end? Can you tell Always. me the end? Always. Okay. And there's a, there's a secret <laughs> level find, as well. Do you find the Easter egg? Yes, you have to. You have to wait for your Nintendo Power magazine to come in before you find out about those things. (laughs) Total aside, I was explaining that to Mateo recently. Like a kid who doesn't understand the concept of like he could just go on YouTube and find hints and stuff to the games he plays. And I'm like, do you realize sounded like like the old fart here? I'm like, do you realize, Mateo, that in the past I would have to buy like a magazine or wait for a Nintendo Power to come in to find secrets in a game. Like you couldn't just go on YouTube and, and discover there weren't walkthroughs, you know, other than like some some really expensive manuals that you could buy to walk you through a game. But oh yes, it's crazy. The game guides, <laughs> yeah, those are great. Brady games. Okay, this is not a video game podcast though. <laughs> Maybe I should redirect. Uh, it's a retro video game podcast. Yeah, We're going to talk yeah. about Crash Bandicoot walkthroughs. There come you on. go. My favorite. All right. So the other thing that happened was uh, my neighbor, Jim, really, really nice guy. He's getting some floors installed, uh, Brazilian cherry with the walnut border around the outside. So I guess they bought, uh, it's, it was all special order and would have been a really pain, I guess, a pain in the butt to return. So out sitting in front of my garage the other day, I find a nice stack of walnut floorboards. <laughs> so, so the Spagnola house is the neighborhood dumpster. Yeah. Yep. Drop, drop your wood off here. I mean, well, Hey, you're going to be dumping uh, walnuts somewhere. I'll be, I was going to say that's an <laughs> ugly precedent that just started. You're going to start seeing fiberboard and, you know, pallets. Oh, man. Yeah, of pallets. drop your pallets here. Yeah. Spagnola junkyard. Here it comes. Yeah. But this is like, it, you can't even call this reclaimed. You know, I mean, yes, I may have saved it from some other fate, but it's, 
perfectly straight. It's perfectly <laughs> clear material. You know, maybe plane it down to to get rid of the the, the little you know ridges on the bottom and and maybe get rid of the tongue and groove. But it's still perfectly usable walnut. So unless uh, you use it as flooring, it's reclaimed. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> or salvage in pure like definition, that. but not in spirit. <laughs> you know, so. So my, my thought is there's a lot of it there. And what I'm probably going to wind up doing is um, first before I do anything or before I put it on a rack and not touch it for a couple of years, which is what I normally do with things, I probably would just build like a little table or something for them just as a, a thank you because there's plenty of material to like build a table and then still have plenty left over to, to have fun with. So um, it, it's nice to, to have friendly neighbors. I like that. If you do your floor thing, you could have your uh, floorings already like half done. There you yes, go. If you've already leveled that floor, and I've already you can decided, get sweet wood floors in there. Already decided I'm not doing the floor, so it uh, doesn't really matter. It's too much, oh, too much oh, work, Wall man. paneling, wall paneling, do it. Well, there you go. There you go. Do you know how much crap I would get for having a walnut <laughs> wall? Like, but do you care anymore? <laughs> you know, you hurt at all? I guess I don't. I've, I've you know been what? insulted see, in every way you could possibly insult a person. So, <laughs> but seriously, the bar has been raised. If somebody gives you crap, just say one word or two words: Wilkerson Palace. You know, yeah. come on. I could just redirect trolls to other people. Seriously, just just go talk to April because she's good at it. She's really good at inflicting <laughs> trolls. Let her let her take them. You know. Her stadium, the Wilkerson Stadium. Yeah. And the Moss of the Death. <laughs> yeah, right. Off the roof of the Wilkerson Stadium. <laughs> yeah. I'd imagine, you know, more so than, than anyone that does what we do, it's got to be really difficult for women. And I'd oh, imagine you have to have a, yeah, absolutely. A, a thick skin and a really good sort of out, outlook on this stuff to be able to to see it, read it, filter it. And go on with life because I'm a big baby with this stuff, but I can't even imagine <laughs> what it must be like to, to be a woman and, and do what we do. It's crazy. I can't imagine what it must be like to be a woman either. Well, <laughs> some some regards I can. <laughs> it's disgusting. That's disgusting, yeah. Shannon. Let's move on. Let's, let's move on. You're off. I like where this went. We started with some uh, flooring <laughs> that Mark found outside of his shop and we talked about uh Movies. Oh, sorry. I just I think we should revive the whole Wood Talk weekend idea and just do it at her place. Oh we yeah. Get, like, well, that we was could the get like a hundred people in there. Yeah, that was the trick before. We're like, okay, if we do this weekend thing, are we going to have enough room at my shop? I'm going to have to set up outdoor things to facilitate, you know, getting extra space and workstations. You're right. I mean, that place is yeah. totally big enough for a big event like that. Yeah, I'll bring the zipline. I'm glad we just invited ourselves. Yeah, sure, say, like, she won't <laughs> mind if we just show up, right? <laughs> just us and uh, other people that might show up too. The Twenty or thirty <laughs> Wood Talk fans. It'll be. Hey, that's how Woodstock <laughs> happened, man. Come on. Oh, <laughs> how all good grassroots movements work. Just hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, seeing like the average woodworker at a conference. Hopefully, we don't end up with the the drunken nudity and mudslides like Woodstock had. So. <laughs> yeah. Let's that's a, pretty that. much a guarantee if Mark's there. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Of course. of course it is. All right. Anyway, what do you got going on, Matt? Oh, you know, the usual still. Mm-hmm. It feels like. So I wanted to, before I talk about what I'm working on, I wanted to make, I had this thought I wanted to share. I was putting my son to bed last night. I was waiting for him to fall asleep. And I was just kind of reminiscing. And I was thinking about like how much work it is to produce a guild project like right. just in the grand scheme of things. Cause I don't like you, the people that like watch them, they, they only watch and they kind of understand there's some work involved, but to give some perspective on this, the high boy, I am seven months in 30, 
one videos, no, 32 videos. I built a bandsaw mill in four months and posted 15 videos about it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. The amount of effort is it's ridiculous. It's just hard to quantify and compare, but I thought that was a pretty cool comparison. Yeah. I was kind of proud of myself sitting there. I had this, I don't really have like these pretty profound moments while I'm sitting there in the dark waiting for a young child to slip into slumber. But, uh, <laughs> this time I did. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that is something where if you could find something else to do during that time, like, you know, you, you love your kids, right? You, you like to spend time with them. But when, when you're just waiting for the kid to, to just close his damn eyes and go to sleep, you know, and if he would if close leave, his eyes, it would I leave before then he's getting up and running around and they got to start <laughs> over again. <laughs> oh, gotta love kids. All right. It's not worth it. <laughs> Oh, man. So, again, uh, we're derailing. Derailing. This is not a parenting so, podcast. So, Mark, what are you saying is you're going to come out in your driveway and there's going to be two Cremona kids there you know, <laughs> yeah. next to a pile of fiberboard and ballots. <laughs> Free kids from my neighbor. How nice. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll go. I think okay. Matt's done. Are you done, Matt? Yeah, high boys inside. High boy. Yeah. High boy. High boy. Blah, 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 blah. Going. High boy. I got that going, too. I don't know. All kinds of stuff. That's cool. Well, I don't. I don't have all <laughs> kinds of stuff going on. Uh, in the last week, I cut three joints. That's all I've done. Uh, I, I decided to play with the Maloof joint and kind of uh, I did a, a live uh, YouTube thing on that actually just just last night. Was that last night? Yeah, it was last night. <clears throat> and uh, it was actually kind of it was kind of interesting uh, approaching it from a hand tool perspective. And this is a joint that was designed to be cut with power tools. Like all of the joiner we, we talk about is like ancient, right? Mm-hmm. It's thousands of years old. And you can always say, well, this is, of course, is how it was cut with hand tools because it was cut with hand tools first. This is a joint that was the other way. It was actually designed to be cut with a handheld router. So the great irony of me re- reverse engineering it and actually like using hand tools to shape the radius curve created by a router was rather interesting but lots of people asked for it lots of people wanted me to cut a maloof joint how would you do it by hand so uh it was a lot of fun and i have uh i have two two maloof joints now but no chair so (laughs) that sounds great so let me ask you if if you were to do this by hand or if you would look at this joint and think of someone wanting to create something similar uh, would you have even come close to what that thing looks like, or does it make com- is it completely nonsensical to do that via hand tools? Oh, oh, so like if I had never heard of the Maloof joint before, or anything well, like, like that. yeah, like you're saying, a lot of the, the matching the 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 radii, you know, to make sure everything mm-hmm. fits perfectly. Like we, there's a matched bit set that we used for this to match the rabbit bit to the roundover. That would mm-hmm. seems like a really stupid way to do it if you are coming from a hand tool perspective. Yeah, well, actually, I mean, because what I did was um, I I first cut it square, um, square corners. And because my question was, would that look weird? Like with all the soft sculpted lines and stuff, would it look weird to have this sharp inside corner? And I do think it would. I think it Mm -hmm. would be kind of jarring. Um, Even after you sculpt stuff back, it would just, I don't know, it might work, it might not. So then when you see it curved, it definitely complements the the overall kind of design idiom so i was like okay we need to do that so i laid everything out square and then used the intersections to find my center to scribe a circle 
So that in and of itself was like a superfluous extra step. Like yeah. in order to find the center point to scribe the circle, I had to lay out a square um, to find a place to stick the, the point of the, the compass into. And then I cut everything out as I normally would, but then had to take the extra step. Now I, I, I did say you could have just like used a Forstner bit and like bored out those two radius corners. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just decided to grab a gouge and just kind of um, uh, like pare my way back. Cause I had a chisel in hand. Why not? Um, but then having to go and round the edges of the leg was totally silly, like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because then I had to match that, and it wasn't hard. I mean, I just grabbed a block plane and just kind of broke the edge and kind of slowly rounded it over, stuck it in, saw it's a little bit fat here, removed a little bit, and it, it took, you know, like two or two or three tries maybe until I had a fit. Um, what I was saying is, if I like if I did a lot of it, I would probably create a scratch stock to match that radius. Okay break the edge with a, with a block plane and then just come back with a scratch stock and, and refine that. So essentially I'm doing the same thing. I would create a matched scratch stock to match the radius, the, the female radius mm-hmm. uh, that I put under the chair. So it wasn't that unusual. Um, I don't think I would have ever come up with that joint on my own. Yeah. Like, was it not the iconic Maloof joint? I would have like if I said I'm going to build a rocking chair and it's going to be all sculpted and stuff, I probably would end up using some form of tenon. Um, mm-hmm. Now the back corner, the back corner, I don't know, because you couldn't have tenons on 90 degree faces; they would never go together. Um, but you know, I, I don't know that I would cut out the back corner. I would probably have done something. I, I don't know. Um, that's it's so it's such a specific joint to yeah, to the man to you know to the man into the style of furniture now and it's so like ingrained into our consciousness of woodworkers you know it's iconic so even thinking of an alternative almost feels sacrilegious you know yeah, it's like yeah. how dare you um but yeah I, I had gotten a little conversation about this on the live session and i actually had a couple people comment that you know sam was the first person to say I'm not a woodworker. I'm, I'm a designer. Um, and you know, you can very clearly see here's a guy that had a bandsaw and had a handheld router. And that was probably it at the time when he made his first chair. (laughs) So, you know, lemon lemonades, here's the Maloof joint now, which I wonder, does anybody know what Sam Maloof called that joint? I don't. (laughs) Yeah. My joint. He didn't call it the Maloof joint. He seemed like a pretty humble guy. He said, it's my joint. (laughs) It's mine. (laughs) Mine, mine, mine joint. Uh, anyway, enough of that. Well, that's cool. And I do think if you, if you squared things off in a lot of those areas and then you do the sculpting that happens afterwards, I have to imagine it just wouldn't look as organic, right? I think the rounded corners, they really help those transitions. Yeah. They help those transitions a lot. And I think it would lose something. Yeah. Square just looks weird. It just doesn't work. It's just weird. Uh, by the way, anyone watching live, I know we're having problems with the video. You could hear the audio and uh, the video. I, just, uh, I can't do anything about it right now. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to screw up the show. So, sorry. Okay. My apologies for that. Screw um, up the show more. Yeah, any more. That's, that's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, let's get to what's new. So, just uh, real quick, I was on an, another podcast, Make or Break podcast, did an interview, and that was released this, this past week. So, if you want to go listen to that. Uh, what is it? Makerbreakshow.com, I think it is. I'll put the link in the show notes. I, I forgot to copy it here. But it was no. fun. It was a good time. One of those guys that still uses iTunes. So I don't know where they are. <laughs> what, what's iTunes? It's in my podcast app. Never heard of it. Do you actually <laughs> podcast more on other shows than you do on ours? Um, <laughs> That's true. 
You're right. You are absolutely right. It's uh, I like it better. I just have to sit back and answer questions. I don't have to plan. It's true. It is easy. Well, speaking of, of podcasts, there is a new one on the scene. The folks at Popular Woodworking finally have decided to get into the podcasting realm. Um, this this new medium of podcast. Yeah, tw- I, I figure, you know what? In, by 2018, you go, you know what? I think it's time. It's uh, This podcasting <laughs> yeah, thing isn't going away. Let's do it. But major kudos. The first episode is out. The first episode is great. Um, slightly scripted at the beginning, but that's okay. They they got into their groove. It is, it's a great idea because it's a totally different format. It's a storytelling podcast, essentially. Very similar to... Um, like All Things Considered or some of the the other like NPR-type podcasts or Serial. If you've watched Serial, um, watched, listened, whatever. Hasn't everybody seen that now? I um, eat Serial. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's really good. And if you think about um, like a woodworking magazine editor, they, they often are traveling to places. They're often being approached with stories about things. And mm-hmm. this is them just kind of sitting around the table telling a story. So I really hope this thing has legs and they can keep going because – I personally would love to just have story time, story time <laughs> woodworking related would be kind of fun. So yeah, great first show guys loved it. Well, and I think their intro really said it well, you know, like if at this point, if we're going to do this, we can't just do another, Hey, this is what we're doing. And let's answer some questions because that format right. has been done a gazillion times at this point. What? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. That's what we do. Apparently. Is that what we're doing right now? <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we do. So I, I totally agree. My, my, you know, concern though, if I'm going to be, you know, the naysayer here is that that's going to be hard to do. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they, these are busy people who have other things going on. That format's going to be tricky, but uh, you know, if they could pull it off, I, I will listen. Hopefully they're just going to pace their release dates. You know, nobody says you have to do a weekly show. Yeah. In fact, if you remember podcasts used to be like a monthly thing, right? It used mm-hmm. to be like your comic books. They'd come once a month. Um, I don't know who started the whole weekly thing. Of course, there are daily ones now. It was Matt Vanderlist's fault, wasn't it? Probably. The Daily the, the Matt. Daily Matt. <laughs> and it's a bit fault. of the month. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hopefully they, they have thought this through. And But then again, you know, these are journalists. Like, Schwarz often talks about being a newspaper journalist, like how blogging is easy. You know, one a day, pff, whatever. <laughs> like, right. I had to write like six columns every 15 minutes yeah. as a newspaper He's guy. prolific, so, for sure. You know, maybe they just have that many stories. I don't know. Or maybe they just are already planning on sunsetting. They're just going to do we'll, one year. We'll find out, right? How many yeah. stories they have. <laughs> That's <laughs> we true. Will. It's good, though. Definitely uh, go subscribe and listen to that. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait till Mark is a guest on there telling stories. I have no stories to tell. Nothing anybody wants to hear. Except for, that right. one, except for that one time with Matt when he tried to make pancakes. That's a pretty good story. It's got See? Nothing, nothing to do with trees, though. Who cares? You call it now. They're going to be on there. Yeah. There's a fair amount of cellulose and pancakes. You could, knowing Matt, he probably felled the tree and then (laughs) ground it up into a, you know, a flower. Well, I mean, where do you think he got the syrup from? Yeah, that's true. See? Uh, There it is. So I've got. We're going to do a spinoff. I do have a voicemail. uh, What's new here? We don't get those very often, but Josh Luther has a recommendation for us. Hey, Mark, Matt, and Shannon. This is Josh from Michigan. Been a long-time listener of the show and the podcast. Um, but I want to tell you guys about someone I found recently on Instagram and YouTube. And he's got a great website. But his name is Andy Rawls. And maybe, Shannon, you've heard of him. But um, he studied under Paul Sellers. And he's been in woodworking for a long time. I think he started his business in 2012. 
but I've really, really enjoyed his videos. They're very peaceful um, to watch. They're not sped up. You kind of get the feeling that you're in the shop with him, um, right over his shoulder watching. He does a really good job of showing his projects. And um, I just want to let you guys know about him. Check him out on andyrawls.com. His last name is spelled R-A-W-L-S. I've told a couple of other podcasts about this, but he's a really good um, woodworker um, focusing on uh, traditional joinery and really does a great job. So if you guys check him out, um, andyrawls.com. He's on Instagram as well as YouTube. So I love the show. Been a long-time listener, and thanks for not quitting. (laughs) I'll tell you what. Anybody who wants to go and call other podcasts and tell them about the Wood Whisper, that'd be great if you could do that for me because I don't want to have to do it myself. It's like, uh, hi, I'm, uh, I'm calling to recommend the wood whisper at the woodwhisper.com. My name is, yeah. my name is Matt Cremona. And to be clear, if either Matt or I do that, that doesn't work either. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Shannon. I'm on a show and you should really check out this guy, Mark, because I'm sure you never heard of him before. <laughs> and he's good stuff. I like his channel. I've, uh, yeah, yeah, just subscribed to a couple of his things. It's funny how now it's almost like a um, an oddity in a way when you find a channel that doesn't just make really fast stuff and it's just a casual. Here's <laughs> what exactly I'm doing. What I was thinking. You know, very little in the way of editing. It's just very casual and approachable. And it's like, oh, it's it's so unique. It's like, well, he's just showing what he's doing. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I like. It. <clears throat> I agree. That's a fun. At the fun same thing time, though, it is kind of sad. I was um. I actually had lunch today with James Wright um, from Wood by Wright uh-huh. channel, and uh, he was he was trying to tell me about a guy that he found on YouTube. And, he, and James, when you hear this, you've got to tell me the guy's name because you still can't remember it. But apparently it's some guy that does a lot of hand tool work, and um, he's an older gentleman who just kind of sets up a camera in the corner and does like 15 minutes of just like one shot. And like it's really, really interesting stuff because mm-hmm. here's a guy with like 50 years of experience. But apparently it's like, no one watches this because it doesn't have the what's it what is it blings and things it doesn't, it doesn't have, all have the blings, blings and things, and things. <laughs> yeah. you know there's, there's no there's no music there's no multiple shots there's no you know jay bates talking to jay bates on screen and stuff like that so oh, that's um that's it can't do it there's yeah. uh there's not jay three talking to himself can't watch it you don't have three <laughs> jump cuts to complete one sentence <laughs> Right, right. So it's just it's back to kind of how things were in 2008, you know, Um, and it'd be it's a shame if there is some really good information out there like that that is getting lost because it doesn't have the the Hollywood of it. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But it's out there. So let's share it. Let everybody know about it. The truth is out there. The truth is out there. Okay, let's get into uh, voicemails. So Hunter called in and he's he's he just sounds kind of mad. Hey guys, it's Hunter. Uh, I don't like all these long-form questions, so here's mine. Why must everyone like the gray manufactured look in the furniture industry right now? How can we start a movement to stop that so we all don't go nuts? Please help me. Goodbye. (laughs) I know it's a family show. I'm sorry I said nuts. That was good. (laughs) Nuts. Um, Any advice for Hunter? Like the reclaimed look, like the weathered gray, or like painted gray? I I don't pay attention enough because I have no idea. I don't know for sure. I know in Ava's room, her whole little little bedroom set that we got when she was a baby is that sort of almost like a whitewash gray color. So it's not weathered. It just has, it's just gray. I think it's just a move towards like totally neutral. Um, Shabby chic you know, neutral. You, yeah. If, if, if you go too bright, then 
like it only fits in certain areas. So in order yeah. to appeal to the greatest market, in order to sell the biggest number of widgets, you make it like super gray. But I mean, this has been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. Like Crate and Barrel and Pottery Barn have been nothing but white and gray since like I was in college. Because yeah. I used to make fun of my sister-in-law because her house was like, <laughs> it was just white and gray. <laughs> it's like you bump into the bump into the sofa because it blended perfectly into the wall. You didn't know it was there. <laughs> It's a white white carpet, white sofa, white wall, like Calvin Klein's house or something, which is just terrible. Well, so I think I, you, with all the reclaimed stuff too, you know, lump that into this gray category, and that's that's a lot of that's a lot of gray. But, yeah. but is it a but problem? It, is it? A, do we have to fix this? No, you have the power to fix it. Make your own vibrant, bright, and striking furniture. Think of it this way: your furniture will stand out better in a room with all the gray stuff. Yes. Your furniture is automatically the focal point. You have the power. Use more Boobinga. Boobinga. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we've determined it's not a problem. So no, let's, uh, is that what we did? Yes, okay. I, I believe that's what the uh, conclusion here is. Okay. So the last one, I think, what do I have here? Is that from Paul? No, that's later on. No, that's now. That's <laughs> great. Now. Uh, voicemail from Paul and Paul has a great radio voice if paul does not work in radio or some sort of voice talent i will eat my hat i don't have a hat so it's gonna be a quick meal but let me know paul i'm really curious hey mark shannon and matt so love the show i've been a long time wow. listener this is paul stone from nashville tennessee i've heard you say multiple times that getting inspiration from woodworking really involves just looking at other pieces of woodworking so my wife and i just planned a vacation to europe we've never been And we're going to go to London, then we're going to go to Scotland, and also to Dublin, Ireland. I think this is a perfect time to hijack the vacation and make my wife go to completely boring woodworking places. I wanted to ask, if you guys were going on this trip, where would you go, or who would you see that involved woodworking? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks so much for not quitting, and I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. Right? Am I, I, like, he sounds like he probably does... uh... A country music, absolutely, Mark. country music morning show, right? <laughs> He's definitely on a morning show. I think, morning I just, zoo. W- I just had the realization how like poor our voices are. Oh, we suck, man. We suck. We're no Paul Stone. I'll tell you that. Now. <laughs> Even the name, you right? Know, this is Paul Stone coming You're at you in the morning. This is Paul Stone, and uh, coming up next is Carrie Underwood. All right. <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah, I think that that would work. <laughs> anyway, what what was this question? Totally distracted. Oh. I would go and see Richard McGuire in England. If I were going to be in England, I would definitely call Richard McGuire, otherwise known as the English woodworker, just because his place looks cool mm-hmm. and he's a cool dude and I love his accent. So I would just like want to hang out with him for a day. Yeah. Um, and then there would be any number of museums and castles. There's all kinds of cool furniture in some of those old castles and sure. and uh, great museums. London has a whole like plane maker row and like the old cabinet maker rows in London that are really fun to visit. Uh, and I believe Dublin has a similar quarter. So there's there's just cool stuff, man. But Richard would be at the top of my list. Hmm. Well, Matt, you were our, our resident world traveler recently. Oh, yeah. yeah. Robin yeah. Wood. I'd go see him, too. <laughs> I don't know why uh, Matt just made me think of Robin Wood because he was uh, pole turning, I guess. Maybe. I, <laughs> if you're into it, I would stop by the place that I was at, the Western Arboretum. It's a pretty incredible place. You can see a whole bunch of like actual trees that are alive. And if you look hard enough, you can find a bunch of uh, ones that have been killed. 
and are sitting there as logs, which are just massive. It's a lot of history in the trees that are there. That arboretum has been there for a few hundred years. So, like, the trees you're walking around looking at were planted by people in 1800, which is pretty cool. Then there's also the green working classes there as well. You can kind of pop into. Even if you're not taking a class, you can always stop in because it's open, and you can you can mock the students if you're into that. <laughs> Look at you. Look at that. <laughs> Look at you in your pole lace. There was that like skywalk thing that we were on before. Can that? Can you like walk over the students and like drop things on them? It's uh, you could th- you could probably throw things at them. Uh, you're not directly over them, but you could probably get them pretty good with a decent toss. Okay, <laughs> good to know. Nice. That sounds good. Uh, you know what? If I were there, I would just go see my family. I have a lot of family in Europe, <laughs> oddly enough. And I would. Uh, yeah, you might you might get in trouble if you didn't. Yeah, I mean, while I'm there, you figure. You may as well. Uh, so if you want to send us a voicemail, just like all those folks did, you can do that using your voice memo app on your phone and just send that to woodtalkonline at gmail.com and we will play it on the show. So I think we should get into our email. And first one here is from Chris Levno. He says, I just picked up a Latina HD 16 LT bandsaw. That's what he wrote. <laughs> it is a Latina HD 16 LT bandsaw. All right. Uh, would you like to resaw with my Guatemalan? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder if she like yells at you every time you, you start using it. She gets mad at you. Okay. Uh, uh, the ceramic guides work good, but I need new blades. So obviously I'm, I'm joking here. He's talking about the uh, Laguna. Uh, so he needs a new blade. Ceramic guides are on it. Uh, so he wants to know, should I leave the ceramic guides there or would an upgrade to Carter and possibly Carter blades be a good choice? So just offering a little bit of perspective on this because I have actually used excuse me, used Carter's blades recently. I'm really happy with them. And for me, I have a very difficult time comparing blades unless I had like a side-by-side bunch of saws set up with different blades, but it's the same saw and the same material. And then I could do the side-by-side and then see how long they last before they dull. It's really hard for me to gain perspective on that. But what I can say is that the Carter's are cutting as well as any blade I've ever had on that tool. So that's a positive endorsement. So if it's a good price, and you like the sizes and the configurations, then then go for Carter. Uh, as far as the guides go, I mean, a lot of the higher end, you know, decent bandsaws these days come with ball bearing guides anyway. Uh, if yours have the guide blocks, I do think you're looking at a pretty substantial upgrade from a block to the bearing guide system. Um, I didn't notice a big change when I went to Carter because I already had bearings on there. So these are just better bearings, uh, but the system still works well. You know, maybe it's a little quieter. It's again, hard to quantify unless I have uh, these two things side by side. Um, but I do think if you have ceramic guides, you could definitely get a, a nice little upgrade there. Not totally essential. Plenty of people get by just with, you know, uh, cool blocks and, and things like that. But, you know, it's a nice upgrade if you're in the market and just looking to soup up that bandsaw. So uh, I say go for it. And that's all I have to say about that. Very cool. All right. Next one is from Bobby. It says, hey, guys, love the show for the entertainment and knowledge. It's great. It's a great way to spend Shop time. I was, for some reason, I was expecting that to be a, like more incredible of a sentence. Anyway, I have a full shop, and I'm looking to get it turning in the near future. I was thinking of going for the larger lays in the $1,000 to $1,500 price range in the future. The question is, what tools are absolutely required to turn bowls and small lathe projects? I have no lathe experience. I wanted to see if it's worth going straight for a larger lathe or slowly, slowly by stepping up. 
I know there are a lot of different turning tools. I was looking for a little insight on a good beginner set. Um, so as far as a lathe goes, like the one little like sentence or phrase that always stuck with me on the lathe was you can turn small stuff on a big lathe. You can't really do the other way around. You can't turn big stuff on a small lathe. It just doesn't work mm-hmm. or doesn't even fit. So if you want to turn bowls or bigger things, really have that as something you want to do, you're pretty much going to be going into the larger lathe, which if you have the room for it, it's probably going to be a little more fun to use. It's going to be heavier, so there's going to be a lot less vibration. You can turn things that are out of balance a little faster and kind of get through that imbalance a little quicker, especially if you're turning a rough bowl. Um, as far as tooling goes, so you really have like the two different paths you can take. You can either go with a carbide or you can go with traditional tools. Um, I'm not super up on the pricing on the carbide tools but i do know like the um easy wood tool pricing so if you're going to go with a traditional set of tools and like a grinder and a sharpening setup you're going to be like at the same cost as like two of the easy wood tool tools pretty much Hmm. or like right around there um i've had a lot of success with my like beginner whatever you want to call my budget i guess traditional tools you get like a pack of or pack of a set of five or six for like sixty to eighty dollars. Like they all look the same. They all have different brands. They're all rebranded. They're probably made in the same factory somewhere, but they have like a different decal on them for a different name. Um, if you have those and like a slow speed grinder and you have a decent sharpening setup, um, yeah, maybe things get a little duller a little quicker. But you know they're not that expensive and sharpening them more a little more often is good practice. I've gotten by pretty well with just those over the years and if you didn't want to get a whole set of things if you just want to turn bowls for instance really all you need to do that is like a bowl gouge and maybe a skew chisel or a parting tool or something to make your tenon for your uh holding thing which if you're not already including a chuck in your initial lathe purchase you probably want to include that as well uh, if you're gonna be turning bowls especially so i guess it depends on what direction you want to go in i just like the traditional tools because they're in my opinion, a little more fun. Hmm. That's about it. Hmm. Good to know. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Good definitive answer. <laughs> <laughs> was it though? But was it? I, <laughs> I was just trying to pump you up a little. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. This Maybe is from Michael. He says, I'm carving green spoons from apple and maple trees, but sometimes that's a big spoon out of the whole tree. But sometimes <laughs> I'll get an area when doing the finish cut where the grain tears up some and I can't seem to get satisfactory results. Any suggestions on good resources to learn? <laughs> I like that. So he doesn't want me to answer the question. He wants me to point him somewhere where he can learn. Well, that's easy. Uh, Jared, Jared Stone Doll's video on spoon carving, I think, is the best one that I've seen. Um, very, very good. Very comprehensive. Um, I think without a little bit more information, it's a little hard to answer exactly where the tearing is coming from. Other than um, if you're doing finish cuts, uh, a lot of times those little tearing areas can be spots where the grain is coming together. Like say you're down in the bottom of the bowl of the spoon. Um, as you approach the bottom of the bowl, you're working with the grain. And as you move just past the center line to the upslope, you're moving against the grain. So you get that spot where the fibers come together and, you know, a half a nanometer one way or another is going to start to lift fibers up. So the solution there is to work across the grain. Um, first of all, strop your tool, do whatever you do to get the super, super razor sharp ed- edge for that final finishing cut and focus on working across the grain where you've got those tearing areas um, because sometimes there's just no way to do it. If you get lucky, 
you can make that cut just right and stop the cut just right so that it doesn't start lifting fibers up on the other way. Um, but then there's there's also some instances where maybe that wood that if you just split it out of a tree, um, maybe it's still a little bit green. Um, maybe uh, sorry, too green. <laughs> Um, for what you're trying to do. And maybe you just want to set it aside for a day and come back um, and, and do your final finishing cuts where things have dried out and maybe hardened up a little bit because the green stuff is really soft. And as we know, the softer the, the wood, the more it can crush, more it wants to tear, the sharper the tool you need. So if you're feeling like you're getting a sharp edge, it might just be time to just set it aside for a day and come back and you'll at least get a harder outer crust on it that may be a little bit easier to clean up. But um, I urge you to take a look at the grain and you probably will find that you're in one of those weird transition points and working across the grain will fix it. Nice. I like a good, hard, almost burnt crust. Yes, absolutely. Especially when it's nice and gooey and warm just beyond the crust. Oh, Nicole made a pot pie the other day. (laughs) Holy crap. So here's here's the hint. You ready? You get a rotisserie chicken. Like from Sam's Club, Costco, Walmart, wherever you get these stupid things that are pumped full of crap, but they're delicious. And then you take the leftovers, right? And you chop that stuff up and you make a chicken pot pie. And it's fantastic. I'll have Nicole send you the recipe if anyone's interested. All right. So if you uh, enjoyed the show, you can go over to iTunes or any podcast uh, aggregator app type thing. And if you could leave us a review, we'd always appreciate that. Thank you so much for that. Um, you can also support the show by heading over to Patreon, patreon.com slash woodtalk, or get yourself a woodtalk t-shirt at twwstore.com. And uh, Shannon, why don't you give them all the contact info and we will get out of here. Okay. There are many ways in which you can reach out to us and give us kickback, give us what's new stuff, ask us questions. The easiest way is to use your voice memo app on your fancy smartphone, record your question or whatever it is, and email it to woodtalkonline at gmail.com. Or just use our contact form at woodtalkshow.com slash contact. And you can type it out there and, you know, Type with an accent, though. If you type with an accent, it will get read on the show <laughs> yeah. much more readily. Yeah, totally. Um, and then you can always find us to talk to us, chat at us, whatever, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. We are at Wood Talk Show. Yay! Ooh. Yay! All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.